listening to the Loose Creatives Podcast. Brought to you by Davy and Matt. Grab your tea and grab your coffee and come chat with us. How do everyone? Hello. I'm Davy, And I'm Meg and you're listening to the Loose Creatives Podcast. We're here today with a very special guest. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Chloe Levi Joyce and I'm 25 from Southport. Yeah. Like Wong. Oh, like Wong's. <laughs> Do you like that? Like long walks on the beach. Um, I am a quote unquote comedian. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, not really at the minute. <laughs> but no one else is either. So. No, yeah, most creatives aren't really what they're saying. They are yeah. <laughs> I was an actor 12 years ago. <laughs> when I did my BTEC course in yeah. performing arts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Chloe, as she said, is a comedian and um, worked at the Frog and Bucket for how long? Um, 18 months. Yeah, 18 yeah. months. Well, managed the bar at I was Frog and Bucket. I was assistant manager. <laughs> is what I can title I gave myself. <laughs> um, we all know you were running the shop, really. Yeah. <laughs> and when I say running the shop, I mean letting everyone take from the till, having a good no, time. No, excuse me, I was a very good manager, but I did uh, fuck all. <laughs> I had a good time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we met at uni. Yeah. <laughs> we did a course, a course, a degree together, which I finished. Chloe didn't quite get to the. Excuse me, <laughs> I dropped out for a salary. Uh, in, I, I dropped out for a salary at Manchester's finest comedy establishment, which was, you know, the training I needed to, <laughs> to hone my art for. Um, yeah, so we have been. Mates. <laughs> we are mates. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we became like good mates when we did radio comedy. That was like the bonding. Um, yeah, because I, I wasn't in very often, was I? <laughs> no. I was like a fleeting extra character in the <laughs> season of university. <laughs> but when I wasn't, it was a laugh. <laughs> yeah, I was. It was. It was great. Um, so, yeah, for the, the theme of this episode, as you can probably tell, it's going to be about comedy um and the comedy industry um so for let's just get started first question why and how did you get into comedy uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh it wasn't really actually till i got to uni that i thought of doing comedy and it was the comedy module that i was like everyone says i'm funny and maybe i can make some money off it and i've not as of yet <laughs> Um, but maybe one day um, but no yeah I got to come at, I got to uni um, we did the module and that was pretty shit but by that point I was like there is a lot of actors here and I am good at that but I'm more dramatic in real life yeah. than I am on camera yeah. on stage but no I uh, yeah I think I've had a lot of funny influences in my life and stuff like that funny people and a lot of I find myself in some life funny situations happen yeah. at me yeah to say the least I think like we, the main thing that drew me to you was like just the way you tell stories yeah. it's just naturally hilarious like it's there's no one like it that tells stories in the same way you do and that is what a lot of your comedy is, is yeah definitely telling, a storyteller I'm not yeah. great at jokes yeah yeah but like telling them it is 
it is a joke though, isn't it? But it's like in yeah. not like a like one liner. It's like a full A lot of like my style of comedy is telling a story where the good thing about comedy is no one it's it's implied that there is a lie in there somewhere. So yeah. you just get to tell you get to make a scenario that has mm-hmm. happened in real life and embellish it slightly and with fantastical yeah. details. Yeah, like Make that's everything we an inch bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what we were saying in the last episode, like taking the mundane and... And like morphing it yeah, into like yeah. this better thing or like at least something that's interesting and like yeah, running like, with it. But I start to believe the, the stories that tell you. I'm like, yeah, it was 12 inches. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how you were saying that you haven't been paid? So yeah. do you know when you beat the frog? Yeah. So... For everyone many who, yeah, many a time. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what Be the Frog is, it's a is it a weekly competition? Yeah, so it's a Frog's Gong show that runs every Monday, and it's it's a primary, it's a great night. It's primarily a student night, mm-hmm. and it draws in a pretty big crowd. It's but. basically the voice, but for comedy, isn't it? Yeah, but the audience, the audience, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. It is the it's three people in the audience randomly get these cards on, and they're basically in charge for the. Community comedian self-esteem that night and, <laughs> and you'd think oh people are nice they'll at least let i've seen people get chucked off after about 30 seconds and like, i've seen genuinely like very talented comedians get chucked off after a minute and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then people who are pissed and have just seemed to have wandered off the street <laughs> <laughs> give me dick jokes give me <laughs> fart jokes <laughs> it doesn't look like a fart joke though, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but with you winning that like, what did you get? Like, So, if you win Beat the Frog, you get to open the Beat the Frog in okay. like, like a month later. So, you get, like, an eight-minute slot at the beginning. And that is the... Although it is a great prize, and it's, it's to see progression in the club and stuff like that, and people can progress from those spots it is so fucking hard to warm yeah. up beat the frog it's miserable because everyone wants to get to the part where they go boom yeah <laughs> <laughs> like get off we want the real comedy yeah, yeah. Bring yeah. On Dan <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that leads perfectly on to my next question um what was it like when you worked at frog have you got any juicy stories was it mundane oh. was it that was a shame it was great <laughs> <laughs> It was great. It was like getting to peek behind the curtain and I was like, um, it was definitely like an eye opener because I'd come from, when we'd done like the comedy modules in uni, um, that was like, it was just a completely unrealistic view of what comedy is and how it actually works and how the circuit works. But it was great to see the biggest way you will learn about comedy is watching a green room. Like the Fucking green rooms are ten times funnier than anything that happens on stage. They're so brutal. Like there's there's green room politics and like really? unwritten law and stuff. What like do you what? mean by green like room? Like what? I don't what know. The I don't know. There's me. just like etiquette, if you get me, or like you can you can really tell if like a group of comedians. So say like Thursday, Friday, Saturday was the days that we had like the standard show at Frog and the B. Thursdays were slightly different because the middle spot would be two newer acts doing 10 minutes or like two acts that we're going to progress for a weekend but friday saturday is the compare and then three acts with a break in between um and these people are on all weekend together mm. so they kind of yeah they really get on or really don't get on and right. it's it's great you could always tell if the green room had a sour mood because someone would watch the show Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
someone had watched a show or they'd... I don't know. It was interesting. I've seen... It was... Frog was amazing. I can't yeah. lie. It was great to meet a lot of different comics with a lot of different styles. It was like the best, you know, like actors work. Well, you get... you what, Yeah, you get in like an insight that most people don't get to see. Yeah. Like you... you are literally, see, I mean, Frog is one of the biggest comedy clubs in Manchester. And in the country? In the country, yeah. yeah, and it's, yeah. it's got, like, Frog has got its uh, very, its own infamous and famous reputation. Like, right. it is a landmark of Manchester yeah. and it's built, um, it, it's built up a lot of the North's and the country's comedy scene. Like, Peter Kay came from Frog, though we will venomously deny this. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people started out like Jack White or Sarah Millican uh, come from there. And it, it gives a lot of people an opportunity to start from the bottom. There's not a lot of open mic nights in such a, like a large club that invite everybody, Everyone, if you get me. Yeah, yeah, of course. I remember when you started, when you got the job there and all like the our lecturers at uni were like, no way, yeah. she's got a job Oh, yeah. She's gonna leave us, and then you do. Going into a lecture. I remember Hayden. Um, Hayden was is a lad that we went to uni with, who was also a comedian. Yeah. Um, we were sat in a lecture, and he was like, "Can I have a job?" <laughs> and then I think I can't remember what lecture it was like. So like, why would you work? And I was like, "Oh, this is Samantha. I'm wrong bucket." She's like, "Oh, that's good." And I was like, "Yeah, that's why I'm never here. Yeah. I'm really tired, but yeah. nice to see you." Yeah. <laughs> I'm working hard, baby. And this P. Um, okay, so the next question is, how do you actually make people laugh? What are the secrets? <laughs> Tell me a secret. I'm working on it. So I can stop killing moods at parties. <laughs> yeah, I'm still definitely working on that one. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, my way is just... I've got no shame, no shame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shame or into it. I'm not really bothered about making like a fool of myself or being the clown mm. or being the butt of the joke. I quite, you know, quite like it. Um, I don't know. I think there's it, it, knowing a room, being able to change and adapt to a room. Yeah, like, and that is that is still a, definitely a skill I've not honed. Do you, yet. I was going to say like, do you think you've learned how to do that a little bit more through actually getting on stage and doing it? I think the biggest. Um, the biggest thing that taught me that was working at Frog and seeing that Friday, Saturday, like, same set of three comedians. So on a Thursday, one could, like, do all right. Friday, blow the roof off Saturday, bomb on the Ross. Mm. And especially, like, doing Beat the Frog. I'd do, I'd open the Beat the Frog and then I'd go back behind the bar and people would come up the rest of the night and act like they didn't know me. And it wasn't because that they, they hadn't laughed. It's just that it taught me that you really don't fucking matter. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. See, yeah. that's the thing I've always been most impressed about with comedians. Like, seeing, like... I don't know, like, I, I guess it comes from my, anxi my own anxiety, yeah. but, like, if I was on stage... And I'd like I've prepped all these jokes. I'm like, yeah, these land, these land. Like, sat myself up like I would for a gig. Yeah. Uh, I went up and then just a hay bale, like, float. I think I'd just cry. Yeah. I think I'd literally just go, please, <laughs> just yeah. someone Honestly, laugh. Fucking miserable. I bet it's so it is grim. But like I say, it's I have done, I've done it where I've got behind the bar after blowing the roof off and bombing and. Really, it made no difference, and yeah. I've seen you just kind of you want when 
the way I see it, when I'm doing a set, I get in my 5, 10, 20 minutes of limelight and then that's it. That's it. Done. I'm just brush it off, carry the on with your life. Like, the bar. Yeah. After that, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Following on from that, um, what's it like being a woman in comedy? So is, uh, is it different? Do you experience prejudice based on that by the comedians, by the public? Do you, what? I... <laughs> so this is a difficult one because my one of my all-time favourite comedians, Mandy Knight, and I have had a conversation about this. And she she come up in the times where she was one of the very few women in comedian and like on a bill or in a green room and stuff like that and was treated horribly. This is like the nineties and I say that like it's years and yeah, years. Yeah, I was ago, gonna say the nineties. <laughs> oh, wow, oh, it, it was I mean, the world was a very different place back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. But it's not I being a woman in comedy is difficult, but there's a lot of different things that are difficult in comedy. And I think if you go into it going, I'm not getting gigs because I'm a woman. Mm. You know, you're not getting gigs because you're not fucking funny. <laughs> and that, that's the truth. Yeah, it's yeah. the truth. If yeah. you are funny, then you'll get bored. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't hinge a whole fucking act on being a woman. Yeah. It's fucking boring. Yeah. Like it. Sorry, this is my view. But no, no, I'm going for it, mate. Honestly, and don't get like, me wrong. you've you've got more experience than us <laughs> within comedy. You've seen a lot of comedians perform, so I think you have I every think, right to all I think opinion. women definitely have to be savvier in comedy and work in different ways that maybe men would in comedy and how you are perceived by an audience. I know it's definitely that when a room perceives women differently yeah, like when you get on and it's I think it's a lot harder to especially my style of comedy I'm quite lewd and sexual and stuff like that and it's harder to win women over do you mm. think I was because we've had conversations before about this and how you have naturally sort of held that internal internalized misogyny yeah. with women just because that's how women yeah. are sort of perceived in comedy and they've had to sort of go hold on a minute like I've you know, just sort of check to check yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've done it where, uh, like, a girl's got on stage and I've gone, don't like her. And I've gone, why? <laughs> like, mm. why don't I like her? Like, she's she's funny. She's telling, she's got jokes that are my style of humour and stuff like that. And I think it's it gets down to, and this is the same in all creatives, there's one fucking spot. Yeah. 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 It's competition. It's competition it? at the end of the day. Do you think that it's more so with women, though, because there is less women in comedy? Yeah. And that's the thing, it's like... <sighs> It's very rare to see a bill with. I've seen I've seen a fair few bills at Frog with two women on. It's very rare to find a bill with three. Mm. Yeah, it's like oh, you token woman. Like, can yeah, yeah sometimes, but then there's also different kind of tokens that go onto a bill. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. it, at the end of the day, like a lineup comes down to what's going to sell the most tickets. Who's going to be funniest? Like especially like when you're getting towards the seasonal time of year for clubs like Frog that do like a sit down, like the good art uh, Frog had like primarily Christmas do's and stuff like that and they are graft for comics and to be able to know how to work that room how to get people in the right energy you've got a like booking booking a lineup's not an easy job because you've got to know what kind of how that night's going to run before it's run yeah Yeah. you've got to predict how it's going to be perceived by people who's up and coming what style of comedy do they have are they going to be great for a Thursday kind of quiet couples night or are they going to be a Saturday 40 man stand yeah especially like in in a in a city like Manchester that has so many students and And like figuring out and tourists yeah figuring out who's going to be in what the audience is going to be like and yeah yeah, people from different walks of life different ages because I I 
I hit well with students and people in our similar age group. Yeah. Mm. And 40 year old men. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I want to win over 40 year old women. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. You've got your target audience. You just need the rest of them now. <laughs> yeah, I need to know target yeah. That's important. Um, I know you want to talk a little bit about sexual harassment as well mm. within um, comedy mm. and how that's affected your career and your experience within comedy. Yeah, um, see, it's a difficult one to touch on but as well because there was a massive movement a few months ago where uh, comedians were speaking out about uh, sexual abuse within the comedy industry and from from speaking to other comics while this is going on and from my own personal view, I applaud the people who spoke up and I know that the circuit is is making strides to become better but I know I still know how the industry works and how booking works and how it's the same in every other creative industry that we're not in the <laughs> You know what I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to say? No, yeah, it's shit. Same, it's same, shit. Mate, like, like, it is shit that because I would love to speak out, but I know that this would cause upset in a lot of relationships and I'm starting out in comedy yeah. and I would like to get booked in the future and And it's such a shame that we are put in these situations and can't call out the people who have made us victims, yeah, who I are know. abusers. We can't call them out and say names because our careers would be ruined. And people talk about, you know, oh, calling out abusers, oh, you might, uh, uh, you might ruin their career because, you know, they're now labelled an abuser. But it works the other way mm. as well. And especially when you're new to... <coughs> COVID-19. Especially when you're new to some, you know, to a career, it's really frustrating and not right. (laughs) How are you feeling? Like, I think what happened this year for the comedy circuit was a great stride forward. It's got a lot of work to do and comics and the whole industry itself has a lot of work to do. Yeah, definitely. But so is the rest of the fucking world. Absolutely. (laughs) And, And I think that having these conversations is important and letting people know that, you know, there's people there to support you if you need the support. But there is that sort of um, stereotype of, you know, and especially, I don't know why, but I'm thinking of like old Hollywood films where the sort of main actress... Kissed her way to the top. Yeah. Mm. And how that is, you know... It wasn't, like, it wasn't so... In the time, it was an expectation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, couples in in um, or duos in Hollywood films were expected to have sex with each other, mm-hmm. and that was certain that was the norm. Yeah, it's showbiz, darling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's showbiz. Just you know, sweep it under the under the carpet. You're you know you're you're a woman in the limelight. You want this attention, so take it. And that's what it feels like sometimes. And it's like, I didn't... Take it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you had to, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> you left it uh, wide open. <laughs> Speaking of <gasps> adversity in the, in the workplace. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how do you kind of deal with personal issues while so, yeah, let me, re- well. let, me, let me reword this. So I, I know we've had conversations yeah. in the past and kind of like 
when you've had, say you've had a really shit day, yeah. loads of stuff's gone, you're knackered, you're emotionally drained, but still you've got that set later. How, what Can you please try walk me through the kind of process of getting up on that stage, doing your comedy set, and then somehow being able to rock it? Because I've seen you do it. I've seen you have a mental breakdown before set. You went on, the whole crowd was loving it. You, you were a belter. How did you do that? Um, <laughs> blind panic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I think, like you say, I, I am in life and on paper a nutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been a few occasions where I have done a gig genuinely after a mental breakdown. And I think in those kind of situations, what it is, is I have anything that a crowd thought about me, I thought worse at mm. some point. And I go, this is an opportunity where... I, I do comedy for mo- not for money, not for anything else, not for a career anymore, but because I like it. It yeah. makes me laugh. Yeah. I laugh at my own jokes more than half the crowd <laughs> does. <laughs> I do it for the experience. So if there's, like, it's it's kind of like therapy. You work it out mm-hmm. in front of a room of 300 people. You've got to thrash it out. And it really is sink or swim. Like, sometimes I do wait at the side of the stage to get on it and I laugh and go what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> literally what the fuck are you doing you should be at home like go I, I, I remember moving house and going to do the comedy store and I was like I, I had to like dig out clean clothes out of boxes and I was like I really need to unpack but <laughs> time for the biggest gig of my career <laughs> um, but yeah like I at the end of the day like, I can go right I might go out and bomb and then that's it it's done if I, if I bomb I literally just forget about it though and then yeah. it happened move yeah. on and if I do well I go oh that was good and I'll go home and unpack boxes it's, it's kind of like <laughs> the perfect situation isn't it because I, 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 I've experienced very similar things mm. going on stage myself where it's like one of them isn't it where it's like if a bomb I can blame it on the fact that I've just yeah. had a bloody mental breakdown it's not my fault sorry about that shit show everyone I was having a shit day yeah. <laughs> but if, if you win it's electric right. it, well it win but if you go up and smash it you, you mental breakdown's gone anyway isn't it At the worst oh, let me tell you about the worst gig I've ever had and it wasn't it, it wasn't a mental breakdown beforehand but it was coming off yeah mm. and it was <laughs> It was in a burger restaurant. <laughs> I, was I didn't think I've heard. Of this. Oh mate, it was it was in Honest Burger in Deansgate, I think, and I was doing it for some. There's a, a there's a term for like beat the froggers, which is like the group right. of people who do beat the frog quite frequently, and that includes me and stuff like that. And it's new and up and coming comics, mm-hmm. and they're great. And they would set up their own comedy night um, on like the function room of this burger restaurant. And the audience was us um, and like six of my friends who I hadn't invited. And because I wasn't sticking around after I'd gone on and they, God bless them, they showed up and didn't really like they laughed. Yeah. But, but, but like it was more just me having a conversation with a microphone. And then but by the time I'd gone on, two like tourists had wandered in. So just pretty much just watched me shout at my mate <laughs> for five minutes. Before then I went, right, bye, I've got to leave now and left my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I couldn't even afford. I think I was that broke. I couldn't even afford a fucking burger, <laughs> and oh, I didn't babe. get paid. Oh no! They didn't even give me a burger. <laughs> That's tight. Uh, I think because it was like bucket split. So a lot of gigs oh. are bucket split, mm. and well, that don't fucking work out. Yeah. There's no fucking bucket no. split, does it? <laughs> oh, no, That's no, tight. 
A but slice the, of mental breakdown and no patty. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no double cheeseburger to eat on the way home crying. Oh, bless. I think that's sometimes one of the, the hardest things with being a creative, though, is, like, you put so much energy into stuff or so much time into something, and then you just don't get paid for it. <laughs> don't even get a burger. See, this is, so, like... Cheers. This <laughs> is, like, a big thing that stopped... I, I, I moved probably about a year ago from wanting to work towards comedy as a career to to then deciding to go, this isn't something that I'm going to actively pursue to make to pay the bills, but mm. doesn't mean I have to stop doing it. Yeah. Mm. But a big part of that was the fact that you can spend fucking one to 15 years traipsing across the country for 10-minute spots for a fiver and not to make your petrol money back. And yeah. that's the people that do it, it's, it's commitment and it's, it's honing an art form. But I just personally haven't got it in me yeah and that's because a lot of people and i don't know a lot of people that can for their own financial situation absolutely and i think as well like i think covid has made it very clear in that the government don't see comedy as an art form which i think is absolutely arts council don't see comedy as an art because when when the arts got when we got finally got funding Mm. comedy wasn't part of that was it no we don't see it as an art form so the club's didn't get any money. And no comedy. I mean, comedy and projects, c- comedy projects didn't get any money. And that is not deemed uh, culturally significant either. <laughs> I imagine. Like, let's try. Let's. Like, I'd love to put fifty of them in a room and go. All right, make each other laugh. Yeah. You're not coming out until. <laughs> oh, <laughs> each of you individually cannot leave until you've made at least five other people laugh in the same time. And all of them have to do it one by one. And see how many are in there at the end. When they <laughs> go home and watch racist. telly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they go home and watch telly and watch the shitty comedy shows, and that that's that yeah. is what it comes from. Like, where do you think that comes from? Bear in mind, a lot of panel shows, you will lose out to someone who's on Tally a lot yeah. of the time as well. Yeah. And genuine comedians <laughs> will lose out to people that are. Five minute of fame reality TV stars. Look at Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Didn't have yeah. any female comics on it, but yeah. had my Jamma doing Jamma Julie doing, whatever. doing the <laughs> dry, <laughs> driest responses known to man. Let's not shame. Yeah, here. great radio. I'm shaming dry responses. <laughs> <laughs> That's a massive opportunity. Someone lost No, that you're on. right. She wasn't great. To be fair, she's pretty dry. But um, <laughs> but you're right. No, you're absolutely right. And and. I mean, that's a completely another tangent of like. Sorry, I know you've got your questions, but I'm no, like, it's fun. No, 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 Tangents like, are the best. Yeah. They're always the best on podcasts. It's my favourite thing when I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, Talk about what cat you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Romans. Yeah, we heard about the Greeks, though, I promise yeah. it. It's like, yes. Did Go. you watch Shaggy King on that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think. To be honest, um, let's get the big one out of the way. The the, oh, the title yeah. question. The crying. Go on, you do it. Um. So say it together. When when we were kind of like talking about this episode, yeah. me and me and me and Chloe, we we were kind of on about the the crying clown motif, mm. the the tortured artist, the the idea that not only do you have to be in a terrible situation in your life to make great art, but then we also like flipped it because you were on about more comedy specific and yeah. the idea that like all comedians are like happy or super depressed inside. We're all nutters. Yeah. <laughs> they are. It's, a, 
I think you have to be to do it. You've got to be slightly narcissistic. You've got to be... Every comedy, every comedian is attention-seeking. Mm. You, you're going on stage to go, please laugh at me. Please, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's, you're going on for a form of validation. And that's why... That's why a lot of comedians don't have comedian mates because it's hard to be on all the time or a group mm. of people to be on all the time because you're constantly seeking validation and it's it's needy. And, and I suppose that like persona that you have on stage, people expect you to have that off stage as well, and then you don't. No, and, and most like, comics don't want you to have that off stage. Like if someone comes, in, that's another thing about green room politics. You don't want someone to always be on. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were on about the tortured artist idea of that, and so I'll bring it back round because we got a bit distracted. Mm. Do you believe that to be a, a great artist, you have to be have something up with you or be no. going through a horrendous thing or something like that? No, not at all. I don't think you have to, but I do think that having, having introspect and having uh, empathy and sympathy for others, which can come from hardship, is isn't is a good trait, and I think it. I think, especially in I, I don't know, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think in comedy though, like because I, I have heard you talk about comedians who, like you, like you just said, who you are standing in front of a crowd asking people mm-hmm. to laugh at you, mm. and you know of comedians who. Are absolute arseholes mm. off stage, but are I know a lot more that are lovely. Let me just put that out yeah, there before yeah. I start making enemies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they are some of the most you know famous British comedians. Yeah, um, I think, I think yeah, I think in any form of creativity, there's a sense of like there's something there, isn't there? You've got either yeah. a sense of control or a yeah. sense of narcissism yeah. or a sense of sociopathy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a competition in a way, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you are competing for the top spots. Or any limelight at all. Yeah, really. yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's only fucking so many spots on the BBC and yeah. then anything on the radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Capital plays seven songs a day. It's going to be yeah. hard to be one of them seven songs, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so absolutely. I don't think you have, I, I don't think you have to be tortured but i do think like i say having a bit of bit of an edge a bit of an edge that was does you get a razzle dazzle do you think like you're probably snorted do you think your like mental health situations have helped you become a better comedian yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think mostly out of the fact that, like I say, I, I genuinely have got no fear for going up on stage because I'm already, like, like I said, I find myself in such peculiar situations in daily living, so it's nothing out of the ordinary. So time to expose myself. <laughs> <laughs> So I do have quite a significant mental health condition, and we've talked about that. Um, and I do think that that has changed a lot of the ways I perceive life, and that has—I don't know—it's made me a better storyteller, and has made me notice things that maybe I wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. Like I think it makes you slow. It's made me slow down and observe the little things in life mm-hmm. rather than try and go on and talk about Brexit and yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah I think because I can, I can find 
the joy or the fucking you know the whatever the misery in something tiny and insignificant and as definitely my mental health has put me in some really bizarre situations before like rocking up to a swingers club on my own on a Wednesday stuff like that you know maybe that wasn't the best life decision at the time it makes a good comedy exactly that's what I tell myself every time I'm like this isn't you know it might have been a poor life choice then but it's a fucking cracking story now and I can laugh at it now look I didn't die I do the exact same thing but in song form yeah yeah, this might have been a really upsetting time in my life but it's gonna make a great song yeah it's jokes now isn't it remember that she made an old career off this. <laughs> Do you know what? If, if you laugh at it, I might be able to be okay with it. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I've only really got one last question for you. Okay, um, and it's kind of perfect after that little tangent. Then, um, so as someone who's experienced a lot of different ups and downs mm. with their mental health, mm. you got any kind of like tips? For people, like, obviously they're going to be generalised, but, like, because we can't talk about every disability or or mental health issue or anything, but, yeah, have you got any tips for people who are down and want to get back up? I saw a young creative that I like put something on their Instagram story last night where they'd, it's like an AMA, and it was like, what was your biggest fear? And it was like, developing a serious mental health condition later in life. And I... When I'm stoned, I message celebrities like the moments. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to, he's only 18, and wanted to send him a message to just be like, do you know what? It's actually not the end of the world. When I got my diagnosis, I was like, this is it. I'm chucked me in the loony bin. I'm never going to, I'm never going to have a normal life, a normal family, a normal job. A few years later, I'm unmedicated. I'm not in regular treatment. I'm in a really new, great high pressure career I've got great family and friends around me I live independently um but no yeah I think like there's a it's so cliche and corny to be like it gets better but genuinely annoyingly it does because when when someone said that to me when I was in my worst I wanted to scratch your eyeballs out but it's everyone experiences things in their own time their own ups and downs and it's everyone's journey is personal to them absolutely yeah. but i that i would say to people like please like persevere talk in therapy if you can stick with it find someone uh, a, cl- a member of clinical staff that works for you it will do you the fucking world of good it really did me and i will push that on to anyone that will listen even if you think there is nothing wrong with you go and chat it out with a stranger and they'll point something out yeah. <laughs> and you like you said before that like, you have tried every form of therapy i've been in therapy since i was 14 yeah so it's 11 years exactly and when when the last person that you were with my last therapist your last therapist um was the one that you sort of really made massive massive yeah and worked through a lot with them um but when i left when i left um love of my life <laughs> I wasn't that I, like that's a therapist yeah, by the way <laughs> that is my therapist by the way um, that was a whole saga no, yeah, that was we sorry. might have to say that in a bit <laughs> sorry uh, I'll tell uh, but that I wasn't I wasn't even at my best when I left them it's taken a lot of personal growth and like hard work and it's still not perfect. There's still times where I feel like I'm back to square one, but 
it is learning resilience and that each time I have like a stumble, I remind myself, I go, you got out of last times and it becomes a little bit easier to get out of this time. Even if it's 1%, chop things up into percent, like do 1% a day. If you can fucking brush your teeth, well done, give yourself a pat on the back. Absolutely. And then I think I would say it time and time and time again, being kind to yourself and letting yourself have those stumbles and not ridiculing yourself for, you know, making mistakes or things, shit things happening to you in your life. It's it's not personal. It's not... Mm-hmm. Allow you yourself know, to be well done to yourself. Yeah. yeah. Reward yourself for shit. Yeah. Like, you know, it, I'm, sometimes I genuinely have to treat myself like a child, yeah. like I'm a kid, and be like, well done, darling. Check like, yourself. you did something good today, and I'm proud of you. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the big thing that we, we were talking about the other day as well that really resonated with me was when you were saying... Um, just do your own shit. Mm. Just don't, you know, worry yourself too much. Don't look at what anyone else is what, doing. What other people are doing, what's happening in the world. You know, if you are in a situation where you are dealing with mental health things, sometimes <laughs> looking at the exterior world and what is happening doesn't help. No. And just focusing on what you're doing in your life, getting up, brushing your teeth, having a shower is hard in itself mm-hmm. and just doing that babes if you are great. making the grind you are fucking <laughs> yeah, winning at life exactly <laughs> just focus on yourself do your own do your own shit and that's yeah it's a good note to take yeah mm-hmm. and on that bloody gem oh, of a moment we just experienced I, <laughs> think, <laughs> I think you know what time it is Topics for the week. It's the reoccurring section of the the podcast where we cut cut the crap and just say some nice things that yeah. we've been doing. Some media we want you to consume. Too. So it, this section is literally just things that we've been watching, listening to, um, reading, anything that we've been consuming. But and... this time it's extra special because we've got a guest. They're going to give you one too. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Can I do two things? Yeah, <laughs> of um, So this one isn't a new release or anything like that, but read The Handmaid's Tale because it's happening in America right now. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 start is, is the start of The Handmaid's Tale. There's something serious going on. And uh, The Handmaid's Tale is a great book to give you a bit of foresight and foreshadowing of what 2021 and the 20s may come so <clears throat> yeah i watched hand my had myself first and then you told me to read the books and oh. i read the books and it's even more brilliant heartbreaking just and then just blew my mind on a completely different note uh, this sadly this is another podcast that isn't made anymore but i will go encourage um everyone to go listen to a podcast called kinky in the brain with uh, a lady called mistress marilyn I believe in promoting um, sex workers and people with small businesses and this is a great sex positive podcast from someone who's been in the industry for years. Um, It's very educational and someone who considers themselves quite sexual and well educated. It it was great for me. I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. It's it's really funny. It's uh, done by two Scottish ladies which, yeah, it's it's a great podcast. There's only a few episodes out and it's a shame that it... uh, Stopped before it started, but those few episodes are cracker. Don't <laughs> listen to that. Amazing. Um, I go next. I'll go next. Mine's also a podcast. 
Um, it's called, and that's why we drink, and it's one of my favourite podcasts in the world. Um, it's sort of why I, I wanted to make this. It's literally got nothing to do with the topics that we talk about. It's a crime and paranormal podcast. Um, but it's just funny, and I've listened to, you know, on like your Spotify Rewind, I think I listened to like, tw- what was it? Like 20,000 minutes, minutes in this in 2020, which I am proud of. To be fair, <laughs> I'm proud of that because it's a great podcast. It's funny. Um, I think I heard that great in whale duo. noises. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an achievement. Yeah, like... <laughs> um, but yeah, go listen to it. It's and that's why we drink. It's on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere, and it's it's yeah, crime and paranormal. But if you're into that shit, then get on it. Guess that leaves me. <laughs> mine is also a podcast. No, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, mine is a YouTube channel. Um, it's quite nerdy music shit, so I don't expect all of you to like it. But it's basically this cute German guy who, like, he, he's just got like bare old tape machines and like weird German science equipment that he uses to make music, and he's. He's got like one of them classic ASMR voices where he's doing all these nice stuff. And it's, it's, I think you'll be surprised. Like, he'll turn most like anti music tech person into like an avid fan because the way his German <laughs> accent cuts through it, he's like, and you take the tape and you put <laughs> his teacher will make like this weird ambient music. It's just brilliant. I really thought you were going to say like, oh yeah, this is YouTube channel. It's uh, Lo-Fi Beats Hip Hop Study 2 with the little girl with the cat. <laughs> no, it's just this, you know, really underground channel. Many that would have been a better shout. <laughs> I mean, too far to do Lo-Fi channel. Yeah. But I think... Guys, this isn't getting any easier, but it's getting to that end point of the episode again. Even yeah, again. I'm so sorry to say this, but yeah. I hope you liked our guest. Thank you for having me. This is the first thing of like slightly creative I've got to do in about pandemic life. Same. Same. (laughs) Oh, it's good to hear my own voice again. (laughs) I'd just like to say, everyone that's actually made it this far in the episode, thank you very much. (laughs) Sorry for the technical difficulties. We do apologise. There's been a few, but you know we're still getting to grips with this um, podcast. Be honest with you guys, one of the mics is currently propped up on a load of books because I'm skint and on Universal Credit and I couldn't get my mic stand yet. Like most of the creatives right now. We wanted to get you this content, so I just made a bodgy job, okay, and I suffered, and I bloody love you if you've gotten to this point because there's been... Can I plug my... Instagram. Of course you can. Plug everything you want. Follow me at Clomidia. (laughs) How would you spell that? It's Chloe, like Chloe, and Media, like Media. <laughs> like Chloe uh, Media. And then on Twitter, it's Chloe Medias, because some of her fucking funny hun took Chloe Media in 2012. Hon. <laughs> hon. Um, uh, and my OnlyFans doesn't exist. Not publicly, Not anyway. Publicly. Yeah. <laughs> it's Not my own yet. private library. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thank you so much for coming on and being our very first guest. Yeah. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you uh, next time. Yeah. Um, I actually wanted to say something. Really I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to get involved in the podcast, 
send us an email at loosecreativespodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to get involved in any of the posts we put on social media, um, sometimes you'll find your answers in the episode. It's Loose Creatives Podcast. Thank you, Chloe, for coming I, on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we have probably like heavy breathing in the background. <laughs> That's what we all want, really. <laughs> Um, Thank you for listening and see you next time. Bye. See ya.